I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about Justice Stephen Breyer. So grab your bike helmet and let's get civical. the lead oh my goodness gracious well because you know what we're doing a supreme court episode we are that's where you shine i (laughs) and so i just thought i would take the lead on the intro is it shine is shine the word i I feel as though this is where i continue my uh fight with the supreme court (laughs) (laughs) where i yell at the individual justices about rulings they make except sonia sotomayor who (laughs) Who I would saved die for baseball. <laughs> Who saved baseball and me. Mm-hmm. And me. She did save me in a way that was perfect. But we're not talking about her. Nope. We're talking about, I'm really glad we're giving this this human a time me in too. the spotlight. Because we don't we don't give them enough credit. 
and we usually always forget them when we're listing out the nine Supreme uh, Court justices. This is true. Guys, we're talking about none other than sex symbol Stephen Breyer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. of GQ. Uh, Literally, people's sexiest man alive, Stephen Breyer. Loves him much. Very excited to talk about him. He's very old. He is older than, but he does not look his age. No. I know. Guys, you're going to die. Okay, let's start. Let's just jump right in with his personal facts life stuff. So he was born Stephen. Is it Gerald or Gerald? Gerald. Okay. Right? Like in the book? I don't know. Is this not also how you spell Gerald? Is Gerald a word? Gerald? Is that a Gerald name? (laughs) Am I crazy? Producer Kate is Gerald, skeptical. I've been, I hang out with Europeans. <laughs> Wait, Gerald Butler. Or that's Gerard. That's it's Gerard. Ger- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is my Jen Aston. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Butler. Oh, okay. Jen Aston. Okay, so let's start from the top. Stephen Gerald Breyer is his God-given name. Love it. Very strong. He was born in San Francisco, California on August 15th, 1938, which makes him 81 years of age. And also important, this is a day before my birthday is a Leo. I knew we had a connection. 81 years old, though. He does not look 81. Doesn't look a day over 74. No. Yeah. Yeah. 81. There's a lot of them that are up there. Yeah. It's crazy. The that majority is. of them, it's like it's like there's no middle ground. Either they're in their 50s or they're in their 80s. Hmm. It's crazy. Anyway. He was born to Irving Breyer and Anna Breyer. I love the name Irving. Irving is, should come I, back. I probably will never have children, but if I ever had a boy, I might name him Irving. Okay. 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 Just because Irving Berlin was a fantastic lyricist and songwriter. Yes. And I love that name. Yes. And it seems to have been popular back it in was. It had World its War II times. Day in the Sun, it for did. sure. Yeah. Shout out to Irving Pryor. I hope he is always probably not living. Okay. Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> he is for sure dead. His son is 81 years old. So sorry. <laughs> uh, shout out to Irving. Shout out to Irving. Shout out. He is married. He married in 1967. He has, and he has three children. And he is Jewish. Right. Mazel. So his education, he received his A.B. from Stanford University. Not surprising. And then he went on to receive a B.A. from Magdalen College in Oxford. Ooh, Go bouncy, abroad, Stephen. Go abroad. School is cheaper abroad. And then, <laughs> this is true. This is interesting. He received an L.L.B. Not to be confused with the hit clothing store, L.L. Bean, from Harvard Law School, graduating magnum cum laude. Great. Okay. Excellent job. She can be taught. So I I I read this and I was like, what in good golly's name is an L.L.B.? And L.L.B. stands for, here we go. Oh, Jesus. Okay. This is Latin. Legum. (laughs) Legum. Okay. Yeah. Baccalaureus. Baccalaureus. I think it's baccalaureus. <sighs> Whatever. It's a formal Latin designation for what was almost 
universally the first professional law degree in the United States, Bachelors of Law. The double L is known as reduplicate, reduplicate, oh my God. Reduplicative? Reduplicative from, uh, from, for, reduplicate. <laughs> this is, I should say, this is a quote from harvard.edu oh, where they have like them. an FAQ page, uh. which is why I can't read any of this. The double L is known as the reduplicative form of the plural. So it's the LLB is basically Bachelor of Laws. And then eventually what happened is they started calling oh. it the Doctorate of Jurisprudence or the JD. Right. And that L, the LLB is the same as a the do- Doctorate of Jurisprudence. But it was like a designate. And so some LLBs have been switched over to a, a JD. I see. Look. So LLB equal sign JD. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. So if you have your LLB and you are, you could be also in the Supreme Court. I can you still get an LLB or is it? I just don't. A, I don't. A, they must only have. Think JDs so. Now. I think the our our major players like Harvard, yeah. Yale, they they do JDs. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I just found out about this term a couple days ago and was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is an LLB? That he has an LLB. An LLB. You can still get bachelors of laws in other countries. Like I, yeah, one, like, yeah. As like a, a not as a graduate, they mm. it's just a bachelor's degree. You just you could just get it along. Anyways, Stephen is smart. All that to say, you we see it. He's qualified. He went to the right school. He, he went, went to Stanford. Harvard. He went to Oxford. He went to Harvard. Like you guys, we know it. We love it. This is the path. Yep. All right, let's talk about his road to SCOTUS. It's going to be very. It's going to be pretty much what we see. Although there's a fun. There's a fun. He he. Ooh. <laughs> he has a fun. Um. Not vacation, but a special project that he works on. Uh, we all we all know it, but we'll talk about it. So he first, right out of school, serves as a law clerk to Justice Arthur Goldberg of the Supreme Court of the United States. Right. So this is in 1964. He he goes and he clerks because that's obviously what you do when you get out of college. I worked retail. Then, <laughs> after that, he was a special assistant to the U.S. To the assistant, oh my God, he was the special assistant to the assistant U.S. Attorney General in 19, from 1965 to 1967. Great. After that, he was an assistant professor at, and lecturer at Harvard Law School. So oh. let's go teach. Great. Let's go teach. And so during this time, this is from, he was a pre- professor from 1967 to 1964. And during this time, he took a leave of absence. 64. Sorry, 1967 to 1994. There we go. There we go. And during that time, he took a leave of absence because he served as an assistant special prosecutor of the Watergate Special Protect Prosecution Force. The Watergate Special Prosecution Force. I want to be on that force. Mm -hmm. That's cooler than like the Space Force or whatever other forces you got. I love that. You look at him and you're like, what? Watergate Special Prosecution Force. Special prosecution. That is, I it's a cool name. That. It's a good title. The Watergate Special, Special prosecution, prosecution Force. Da 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 da. Where are the tapes? Ba 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 ba. So yeah, it was like students. Daddy has to go to work. <laughs> and yeah, ooh, very fun. Okay, yeah. I'll grade your papers later. I'll grade them. I'll grade them later. Yeah. So. While he was also a professor at Harvard Law, he also 
would go visit other countries and became a visiting professor of college law at Sydney in Sydney, Australia, and at the University of Rome. Oh. Which is something apparently you can do is you can be like, I just am going to go away and I'll go teach law somewhere else. And Harvard's like, okay, fine. Call us when you're back. Right. And you're just like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. And you're like, fine. fine. Hop back on. You know, like. Got my job. Yeah. So good for Stephen for getting out and seeing the world. He also, he had a very busy uh, 70s to 80s. He served as the chief counsel of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Ooh. So when the Senate Judiciary Committee was like, I don't know law, he would come in and be like, this, guys, is law. This is law. This <laughs> is law. And we're like, thank you. And then after that, in 1980, he was uh, nominated. And uh, from 1980 to 1990, he served as a judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the First Circuit. He was nominated by my boyfriend, Jimmy Carter. Oh, Jimmy uh, Carter. Jimmy Carter. He's doing the Lord's work. He was on the United States Sentencing Commission from 1985 to 1989. Ooh, I want to know more about that. I know. It sounds very jazzy. They, who do we think they sentenced? I don't know. Me? Like... <laughs> Thieves or I don't know. Hold on, treason. let's look it up. United States Sentencing. You, the United States Sentencing Commission is a bipartisan, independent agency located. There's a whole. There's a. There's a U.S.gov website about it. Okay, is a bipartisan, independent agency located in the judicial branch of government. It was created by Congress in 1984 to reduce sentencing disparities and promote transparency. And poor proportionality in sentencing. Oh, I love that we have a commission that does that. It's like a watchdog, kind of. Kind of like a watchdog. I don't think they've done a great job, but I'm glad they exist. Well, you know, you're working on it. That's crazy. So he he, uh, served on that. And then he was Chief Justice of the United States Court of Appeals in the First Circuit from 1990 to 1994. Good for you, honey. That's a must. Good for you. He served as a member of the Judicial Conference of the United States from 1990 to 1994. God, he's all over. He's very all over. I'm just like, oh, my God. Talk about a multi-hyphenate. Just like over here, over there. I'm giving you whatever. Very qualified. Yes. And then finally, President Clinton nominated him as an associate justice of the Supreme Court in August of 1994. So he's been on the court since 94. Wow. That's, you do that math. 20. Well, 2004. Four years. Mm-hmm. No. 20. 26 years. 20, yes. 26 years. Yeah. 26 years. That's a lot of years. That's your age. I'm, I'm not old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you not old. The, you're the age that Stephen ah. Breyer has been on the court. <laughs> oh my God, Stephen, uh, call me. Uh, tell me what it's like to have been doing this for as long as I've been alive. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> your first note. Great. A little bit about his philosophy. Uh, he has a very pragmatic outlook on the law. So you know how sometimes we've talked about justices who like don't take and take certain things into consideration. Like more of our sort of more literal humans, who are like whatever's on the parchment is the parchment. Yes, I'm not. Gonna... Um, what's his face? Neil Gorsuch does. Gorsuch, Gorsuch does, that, yep. does it. 
a lot. Briar doesn't. He takes into consideration the court's rulings and how it will affect the lives of other people. So very much taking in all of that. He interprets the Constitution based on what the Founding Fathers' intentions were rather than the exact words that they wrote. Sure. Because, again, it was written in 1780. Obviously, he's a liberal one, so he's voted consistently favorable favorably for liberal causes, abortion, you know, gay marriage, all of that stuff. We're going to take a quick break to hear a little word from our sponsors. One of the things I love about my Apple Watch is how easy it makes my daily routine. I often use it to track incoming messages, look at emails, just get a heads up on things that are coming into my phone. But here's something new that I love about my Apple Watch. It helps me take my personal trainer with me wherever I go. I use an app called Future that has changed the way I am hitting my workout goals. I used to go to the gym and I was a little unsure about what I needed to do. How do I get my heart rate up? What should I be lifting? How should I be working out? And Future helped me solve that problem. Future pairs you up with one of their world-class trainers and coaches to create your personalized workout plan tailored specifically to your schedule, your routine, your goals, and your progress. Your coach checks in with you daily to keep you on track, sending texts, making adjustments to your routine, and following your progress logged on your Apple Watch. You don't have an Apple Watch? No problemo. When you sign up to train with Future, they send you everything you need, including an Apple Watch. Don't overpay for a trainer. Get the workouts you need to meet all of your fitness goals and take your trainer with you wherever you go with Future. Sign up for Future today at tryfuture.com slash civical, that's C-I-V-I-C-A-L, and get 50% off your first month. That's tryfuture.com slash C-I-V-I-C-A-L for 50% off your first month. Tryfuture.com slash civical. Welcome back. We're jumping right back into talking about Babe of the SCOTUS, Stephen Breyer. Okay, so let's talk about some major cases. The first major case that I found was uh, interesting. It does have to do with abortions. It was Stenberg versus Carhartt in 2000. I'm glad that you prefaced that by saying it was about abortions because I saw Carhartt and I was like, the clothing company? No. (laughs) No, in fact, this is going to be very much not about the clothing company. Okay, great. Breyer wrote the majority opinion in the case, which ruled that a Nebraska law that banned partial birth abortions was unconstitutional because it interfered with a woman's right to decide their own abortion. It it put undue burden on a woman seeking an abortion, basically. So the facts of the case are a Nebraska law prohibited any partial birth abortion unless that procedure was necessary to save the mother's life. Violation of that law would be a felony, and it provided for the automatic revocation of a convicted doctor's state license to practice medicine. Jesus. Leroy Carhart was a Nebraska physician who performed abortions in a clinical setting, brought the suit seeking a declaration that the statute violates the U.S. Constitution, claiming the law was unconstitutionally vague and placed undue burden on himself and the female patients seeking abortions. True that. The district court held the statute unconstitutional. The Court of Appeals affirmed. 
And in a 5-4 to four decision, Breyer wrote the majority opinion in which he argued that the law would create an undue burden on a woman seeking an abortion, which has been ruled as unconstitutional. Right. Justice Scalia, just for fun, wrote the dissenting opinion saying that, quote, the notion that the Constitution of the United States prohibits the states from simply banning this visibly brutal means of eliminating our half-born posterity is quite simply absurd. Gotta love Scalia. Just gross. So that was that was one. Great. Good for Breyer. Next case. You're going to love this. I think I heard of it. District oh, of Columbia yes. v. Heller in 2008. Mm-hmm. So this was the case. Provisions of the District of Columbia Code made it illegal to carry an unregistered firearm and prohibited the registration of handguns, though the chief of police could, use one, could issue one-year licenses for handguns. The code also contained provisions that required owners of a lawfully registered firearm to keep them unloaded and disassembled or bound by trigger lock or other similar device unless firearms were located in a place of business or being used for legal recreational activities. Dick Anthony Heller was a D.C. special police officer who, who was authorized to carry a handgun while on duty. He applied for a one-year license for a handgun he wished to keep at home but his application was denied. Heller sued the District of Columbia. He sought an injunction against the enforcement of the relevant parts of the code and argued that they violated his Second Amendment rights to keep a functional firearm in his home without a license. The district court dismissed the complaint. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia circuit reversed and held that the Second Amendment protects the right to keep firearms in the home for the purpose of self-defense. And the District of Columbia's requirement that the firearms be kept in the home, be non-functional, violated that right. So the court upheld the appellate court's Second Amendment BS, but and Breyer was in the dissent, but he also issued his own dissent. Oh, okay. So that's something that we see sometimes where it's like, yes, I agree with the like dissent, dissent that was written, right. but also I want to write my own thing over here. Yep. So in his own dissent, he argued that the Second Amendment protects militia-related not self-defense-related interests. Because that's true. Because a well-regulated militia is how the Second Amendment starts. And it does not provide absolute protection from government intervention in these interests. Historical evidence from the time of ratification indicates that colonial law regulated the storage and use of firearms in the home. Ooh, I love this. Justice Breyer argued that the court should adopt an interest-balancing test to determine when the government interests were sufficiently weighty to justify the proposed regulation. In this case, because the, su- the interest-balancing turns on the type of analysis that the legislator, not the court, is positioned to make, the court should defer to the legislator to uphold the restrictions. Justice Stevens, Souter, and Ginsburg joined in that dissent as well. Mm. So yeah, he's basically like, you guys, historically, like you're making you're making the Second Amendment right. about what it's not about. Right. It's about a well-regulated militia. And even so, in the 17 Hamanahas, they, they had, had guidelines yeah. to restricting access to firearms. Right. So... None of this makes sense. He's actually, he's given a lot of statements on the Second Amendment. And this is his, like, overall through-line argument, which is we're not looking at this amendment correctly. Yeah. In context. Yeah. It's about a militia. Right. Because it starts off. It's not off, even interpretable. It's, it's the, not. It's the word. It starts that a way. A well-regulated militia. are in there. 
Because when you think about the thing I said earlier about his philosophy, which is, you know, he he interprets the Constitution based on what the founding fathers' intentions were rather than the exact words. It's like even in both those situations, it, if you're looking at it versus how it's written versus what the intentions are in both of those cases. Right. The argue like you can only come to the conclusion that they were talking about arming militias right because literally it says it and then the intention of okay why would they write a well-regulated militia they intend for people to be able to defend themselves from armies Armies. right (laughs) like there's no i don't understand i don't understand the argument of it's my second amendment right so your second amendment right is we have the right to form a militia that is well regulated but it's regulated right the word regulation is also in there. It's in there. It's in there, uh, my literal interpreters. Uh, it be in Anyways. There. So I thought I would throw that in there. I love that. How can we not? And then finally, another fun one about uh, the death penalty. Ooh. Gossip v. Gross in 2015. Breyer wrote the dissenting opinion in a 5-4 decision. So this is the case about uh, the constitutionality of lethal injections. I don't know if you remember this time period. This is about the drug thing. Yeah, when like after like using weird drugs. Yeah, Yeah, and they was taking them like fifteen twenty minutes to To die, die. which is cruel and unusual and horrible. Yeah. So it went to the Supreme Court. Right. So the case is about the constitutionality of lethal injections. The drug that they were using to sedate the prisoner so that they didn't feel anything wasn't working. And so it was a slow and painful death, basically. The other other prisoners on death row sued the state of Oklahoma where this was happening, saying that the method that they use lethal injections classifies as cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't understand how this turned out this way. The court upheld the constitutionality of this method because the death penalty is clearly in the Constitution. Uh, there needs to be a way to execute it. Breyer, in his dissenting opinion wrote that he wanted the courts to go back and reevaluate the constitutionality of the death penalty. He doesn't he argued that it didn't fit with modern social and legal standards and he points to studies Reed. that show exoneration rates for people convicted of cash, capital punishment is disproportionate disproportionately high and there also were outside influences that are unfair when the death penalty is ruled as the punishment for someone like race, gender, political pressure surrounding the case and the location. And he argued that influences make that these influences make it cruel and or unusual, which is unconstitutional. And he argued that the U.S. should be moving away from the death penalty, which I completely agree with. I completely agree with, which is not to say that, like, if you're guilty of the thing that you were on death row for that that make, like that, that exonerates you or whatever. But like, no. I, do, I do not think that the government should be in the business of killing people. Totally. Totally. Not not like that. I mean, like, well, especially of course, there's like, war, but like, I mean, look at our look at our peers. The majority of our world leader peers do not have a death penalty. Yeah. Does England have the death penalty? No, no. And they were pretty hell bent on it for a while. They were they <laughs> based on killing people alone. left and right, killing based- people left and right. No. Yeah. I just even if one person is wrongfully put to death, that is enough. Yeah. Which is, has happened. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, There's more whole like, organizations so, yeah. hell-bent on, like, getting people fair trials. And yeah. Getting, yeah. Yeah. So against it. Sorry, guys. Not to bring it down. Let me bring it right back up with maybe some fun facts. Yay. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is, you're going to die when you hear uh, these fun facts. Okay. I'm so excited. 
I, you cannot I I don't know that there will ever, ever be anything better than who was the person who was on a cover of a magazine? Oh, 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 President President Gerald Ford. Right. Very attractive Gerald Ford. Yep. Yep. Mhm. Mhm. That was like that a was boy. a surprising one As for a sure. Wee boy. Yeah. Okay. So Breyer, as we talked about, was nominated to the Supreme Court in 1994. However, he was considered for the spot one year prior in 1993. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg was selected instead. I mean, I'm okay yeah. with that. That's yeah. Absolutely okay. Well, we got it one year later. I know. Like Steven. It, it was okay. It was okay. It was and okay. I'm glad it worked out for him. But that, bless his heart. He is a distinguished Eagle Scout. <laughs> Which is something only given to those who have been a scout for over 25 years. Go, oh. Steven. I bet he can tie knots. That's so sweet. Good for him. Breyer wanted a spot on the Supreme Court so bad that when asked the next year, he left the hospital to meet with President Clinton. He had several broken ribs and had punctured a lung when he was hit by a car while on his bike. Oh, my God. <gasps> That's crazy. Oh, just put a pen in this. Put a pen in this. But yes, yes, he was like, I've got to go and like rips off the hospital bed sheets. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's what I'm talking kind of, about. That's the kind of up and down that That's the 2020 that energy we need to be bringing into this year. Marbury 2020, like yeah. get yours. Hashtag Briar bike accident. Let's go. Oh, my God. oh man. Yeah, he got Fuck hit boy. by a car and then was Fuck like, boy. I'm going to go meet the president. Love him. He wrote a book. Active Liberty Interpreting Our Democratic Constitution in 2005. The book is considered a response to the book written by Antonin Scalia called A Matter of Interpretation, which was published in 1997. I fucking love that power. Call and response. Call and response. <laughs> like, we need to, Steven. It's like, I, I'll write my own book. Love it. Show you. I will never once again forget about Stephen Breyer. No, now that you know he's been hit no, by a car. No, he's been like hit by a car. Sure. He's super interesting. He's First an of ally. All, he has an LLB. He has an LLB. Hell yeah. You know who doesn't? Me. <laughs> and that's that. Okay. Another fun fact. You're going to die. Don't even look. Don't even read I'm it. Not, Just I'm close not, your I'm eyes. Not, <laughs> this is true. It's a real thing. While vacationing in the Caribbean in 2012, Breyer is robbed by an intruder armed with a machete. What? No one is hurt. <laughs> a machete? A machete. This is all of these fun facts are from CNN, I want to know yeah. everything about that situation. I, First of all, who was this person? Second of all, did they know it was Justice Stephen Breyer? No, Third of course of all, they knew it was Justice Stephen how Breyer. How is nobody hurt in a break-in that involves well, him? Like, was Stephen Breyer like, Young man, I understand. Uh, excuse let me. me. Let yes, me I bet you, you he was. <laughs> Young man, I have an L.L. Bean. I relax. <laughs> relax. I have an L.L. Bean. <laughs> relax. I, I mean, the machete was obviously just like the scare tactic of like, give me your money and whatever. And right. so they probably took what they needed to take and they left. And, you know, he didn't have to use the machete. That's bananas. It's bananas. Oh, don't read the next one. Okay. Just keep it because I'm you're going to die I'm when I read mind. the next one. Okay. It's not, guys, I'm letting you know it's not funny. And if I laugh, it's not because I'm laughing at Steven. I'm yeah. laughing at the situation. So yeah, last fun fact. Don't look I'm at it. Look at, I'm, okay. gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not. Okay. In 2013, Briar has another biking accident. Funny. <laughs> where 
<laughs> he fell off his bike and injured his right shoulder. Aww. And he had to get reverse shoulder replacement surgery the following day. He has two biking accidents and is robbed with a machete. This poor man. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and this what is a all traumatic like- life. This was in a, a year period. 2012 was the machete. 2013 was the second bike accident. Oh, my God. I know. I could just see him on his bike falling over. Not again. <laughs> Not again, please. Oh just- Do you think he's still biking? If anybody knows if Stephen Breyer is still biking, please, please call me. Call us. And also, if you happen to pass Stephen Breyer on, on a his bike. bike. Be please, careful. Be careful. Also, please look out for him. And also, please take video. Yeah. I just, you know, he wears like that little helmet, like the little grandpa helmet with the strap under Well, his sure. Chin. Safety first. I mean, because like, if Do you think got- he has a basket on his bike, how he carries his like his paper satchel in? in? Yeah. <laughs> Briefcase? Of course. What do you think he's, Do you? Th- how can you possibly go to work at the Supreme Court and not bring a bag? full of stuff like you have to we only visited the supreme court and we had bags of stuff we had bags i have to to come record this podcast i always have to bring a laptop like i bring a bag and if i'm bringing a bag to work steven's not unless unless somebody brings their bag for them in which case live your best life right yeah it's on the bicycle behind there's a it's it's a brigade of bicycles or what's it not a brigade uh like, you know, Fortune. in the cars. Oh, oh, caravan. A caravan. Yep. A caravan of bikes just falling. Stephen being like, oh, I hope to Christ he doesn't <laughs> fall again. Do they have secret service? Do they have security? I don't know. I don't I know would... either. But I just imagine if they do that, his security folks are like, please don't fall. Please don't fall. <laughs> For God, they're just like so stressed about him being hit by a car falling off his bike. Stephen. Oh, no, uh... Oh, God, I love little old men. And he seems like a good one. Well, he seems he's just doing his flipping best. He's really doing, he's doing his, his best. He's doing his best and being like, you guys, you guys. I feel like this is Stephen. He's like, okay, it's 1776, right? There's a lot going on that we have to consider of why this stuff was written. You can't ignore it. You can't take literal interpretations because nobody writes something being like, they're going to follow this to the T. That's ridiculous. Right. Like, That's ridiculous. We also all agree that there are certain things about like friends and Seinfeld that are outdated. Are you telling me that like the Constitution isn't outdated? It's I hella know. outdated. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're putting people on the moon. We've gotta we've gotta think progressively yeah. here, people. Because a lot of what's in the Constitution is arguably problematic and or outdated. We've read it and we're like, what? This is bananas. There's, we're talking about, in some of these documents, we're talking about pirates. Uh, I you feel like so this is about Stephen being like, they talk about pirates, <laughs> honey. Uh, pirates, okay. They talk about pirates. Like, right. come on. Let's put this in context. Militias <laughs> to fight the pirates. Come That's what was going on. on. They were afraid of the pirates. Uh, He's doing the work. He's doing the work. Yep. But I don't think he were in any uh I don't think we're gonna lose Briar soon. If he drops dead tomorrow, it's gonna be on your Oh my head. god, if he's <laughs> I swear to God, somebody if, if anybody listening is close to Stephen Briar, tell him do not get on a bicycle. <laughs> Please. I do not yep. 
I just mean that, like, I don't, I don't foresee him. No, I feel like him and Ginsburg. First of all, he looks all... great. He looks great. Eighty-one. Honestly, shocked that that shocked. man is eighty-one. Shocked. Yeah. Ginsburg is how old is Ginsburg? Oh God, like, like ninety. 80. <laughs> yeah. Like she looks her age. Not. No offense, honey, but she just looks old. Well, she's 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 shrinking. Yes. She's. But she is cancer-free. She's eighty-six, she's and 86. she has cancer. She's cancer-free once again. Yep. But, like, there's only five years between them, and Ginsburg looks older than Breyer yeah. by more than five yeah. years. Hold on. I'm going to just pull up a picture. I mean, literally, he's gorgeous. <laughs> Sorry. I'm looking I'm looking at him. Look he's at literally hunga, hunga, hunga. gorgeous. Oh, he's very handsome. He, for 81? He looks good. He looks great. He, his, his, his skin is glowing. I want his secret. Literally, the only difference is that he has glasses. He, like, got glasses since being on the court. Sure. I mean, that's a lot of reading. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yep. What's this picture? Yeah, 2000, 2018. Oh. Stunning. Stunning. Gorgeous. Look Literally the, gorgeous. The strong jaw really Very is strong. prominent. The picture of health. <laughs> Good We're for him. Really, this is the dramatic moment his in frames the movie are, where he drops His head. frames are too small for his face. <laughs> I will say, I will say that his frames are too small for his face. Do you know what I mean? Really, I like the grandpa glasses. I, I, I think that if he got a, a like a Rick Perry frame, it actually would uh, look kind of gorgeous on him. Really, I yeah. think it would look too humorous. Um, I don't know. I think if he like sold it, you know what I mean? Like right. if he sort of like oh, postured up, right? He really enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. Them. So anyways, those are um my notes and opinions on uh, Stephen Baby Breyer, Stephen Gerald <laughs> Breyer. What about Gerald Butler? Gerald Butler. We love him. We know him. Friend of the show. Oh he my can God. come on anytime he wants. That's so funny. I know. Sometimes I just fail to do anything right. Okay. Um, But that's, yeah. That's, That's it. Stephen. That's Stephen Breyer. Guys. Love Stephen Breyer. We love Stephen Breyer, but also we love you so, so much. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can hashtag subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye.